0: As you were coming in, there were handouts there that we'll use for today. Does anybody need one of those? Do you all get a handout? Well, as Pastor Jeff thought last week, I think the same thing this week. This is a, a, a suite and a special... Uh, opportunity to get an opportunity I get a chance to um, spend this hour with you and be in the in the place of uh, teaching um, I do hope that today it'll be um, a considerable amount of iron sharpened iron I'm looking for um, your input <clears throat> I'm looking for you to have an opportunity to be transparent and to um, share uh, with others so we'll, we'll, we'll do that as we go along even as we're going along nothing Um, is formal with this, so don't hesitate to throw up your hand, signal me, Um, would love to hear uh, what you have to say. I uh, decided, as Pastor Jeff did last week, not to stay in the curriculum, just leave that for uh, Pastor Farrell, and if you've been with me for a long time in some of the other venues, you certainly have heard this before, but honestly, as I thought and prayed about what to do, I was I was looking at another direction, and uh, actually, it was the direction of discipleship. But um, in in my heart, well, I think one of the most important parts of discipleship, making disciples, is uh, prayer. Uh, as we'll look at briefly this morning, uh, the the life of the Lord Jesus was a life of prayer, <clears throat> and the teaching of the Lord Jesus was. On prayer continuously, <clears throat> the essential nature of it. And of course, we know the same is true when you move from those narratives of the gospels and you you move to the um, the epistles, the letters of Paul, just absolutely uh, loaded with both the um, example of his prayer life, prayers that he prayed, and then so many. Um, prescriptive commands in the um, epistles for us to be a praying people. And uh, so why discuss that this morning? Well, I don't know what, yeah, I think I do know your need. But I know my own need. Of all of the spiritual disciplines, of all of the things that we know are essential to have uh, an effective, passionate, fervent, uh, alive, full of joy relationship with the Lord, there's not anything more important than prayer. And I find that there's nothing more difficult than for that aspect of my spiritual life to be continually uh, refreshed, to be continually renewed, to be continually where it needs to be. And uh, I have been at this for a really, really long time. There's a few of you here that perhaps have been At it longer than me but not but not many and it never gets easier and so I find that I need to focus on this at least a couple of times a year Uh, I love it when I hear it from the pulpit and so because that's common to all men uh, I thought it would be good for us to look at it uh, again this morning so I really want to look at at the need for being persistent in prayer and see if we couldn't just help one another um, keep our prayer lives uh, refreshed. Prayer certainly is, first and foremost, uh, about the glory of God and about our relationship with Christ. Um, You really can take, if you wanted to, uh, you know, we're in the year of the quote-unquote pandemic, right? And there's lots of words, lots of words that we've learned with pandemic that probably weren't on our forefront in the past. Um, social distancing. If somebody would have said a year ago to me, social distancing, I would have looked at them and said, excuse me, gone to Google and gone, social distancing? And Google wouldn't have said nothing. I mean, it hadn't have been invented yet. You know, what social distancing, what in the world is that? And um, and it's a, as amazing as this thing has flown out, an, another has been the broad discussion, right, about essential services. What's essential? Okay, let's close everything down except what's essential. And uh, and then of course now the, the big battle that we see all over the landscape in America, is church essential? Right? So uh, essential has been uh, another uh, word that just uh, continually comes to mind. And so I'm really starting today, and if you look at your handout, um, I'm confessing to you that this essential i'm plugging that word i'm going to take that word that essential i think the essential spiritual discipline at least in my experience that's the most difficult to maintain is a is a consistent persistent fervency uh, in prayer and so because of my own weakness um It's very convicting to study it and I wanted to share it with you, but then I'm hoping that you will share with one another um, how it is that that you help uh, win this battle. So I asked the question there right out of the gate is, uh, do you see prayer as essential? And of course, that's a rhetorical question. I know you're all going to say yes, because that's the Sunday school answer, right? I mean, I'm never going to say to a group of believers any place, anywhere, is prayer essential and have four or five people say, No! I mean, it's never going to happen, right? you are all going to say yes, of course. And yes, it's a command. We know that. But then if I were to say, Okay, well, as long as it's essential, why don't you just take five minutes and, um, you know, Peter, just stand right there and help us all out and just, just go over, just open up your heart and just share with the rest of us what your prayer life looks like seeing as how it's essential. Now, I'm not going to do that to anybody today. But if it's essential, we ought to all be able to do that, right? Uh, can I hear an amen? amen. Uh, so I'm, and yet, it, that's something oftentimes we hesitate to do, don't we? We talk a lot about discipleship. We talk a lot about body life. We talk a lot about life on life. But how transparent we are about this area, and we would all say it's essential well, if it's essential, then what does it look like in your life? How do you continually strive and, and, and pursue to, um, to have that kind of a relationship with the Lord? And so that's, that's my goal. That's what I want for us. I, I want us to leave today with no guilt trip. I, I'm not looking to lay guilt on anyone. What, what I want to do is help all of us. Okay, uh, We're all weak. We all struggle with this. And listen, the disciples struggled with it. And it was one of the things that Jesus kept teaching his disciples when he was on earth over and over again. And they struggled with it. Well, come on, if John and Peter struggled with this, if Andrew and Philip struggled with this, I I guess it's understandable I'm going to struggle with this. It's understandable that you are. And so where do we look? we, We look to the Word and the Spirit... With us, we'll take and energize that word and help us um, wherever we are individually. Right now, you might be on top of a prayer life with the Lord. Praise the Lord for every one of you that are there. And you'll be able to share and help with others. But for most of us, we probably can take a step this morning. And so that's, that, that really is, is my hope. We'll either be encouraged that, yes, my prayer life is is vibrant, and I am being persistent, and even if it slides, I'm discerning, I notice it, and I, and I take necessary actions, or hey, I, I need some help, and maybe I need some help, which then further necessitates the body life and the discipleship, so I'm going to go to some other man, and I'm going to sit down and say, you know, I really, I really need help in this area of being effective uh, in my prayer life, and so let's just start out, if we could, with a word of prayer. So, Father, um, I pray you would help us in this hour to grow in the grace and the knowledge and the truth of Christ. And the more we know Christ, the more we see his life as it's laid out before us in the Gospels in particular, we see one who accessed all the resources of heaven through prayer. And, uh, Father, how needy we are as men. And your word is so clear. You have said the effectual, fervent prayer of righteous men availeth much. Um, you've told us that we can take all of the turmoil that we face every day. The translation usually uses the word cares. All of those cares, all of those burdens that we have and we can cast them in prayer uh, upon you because we know that you care for, you, for us. Uh, we know that your word's very, very clear. We have not so often because we're self-dependent, independent, and we try to do things ourself. And yet, Lord, you say you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we just don't have because we're too proud and we don't ask. And then, Lord, there are other times we do ask, but we ask amiss. So, Lord, I, I pray today that you would You would help us to grow in this area. You would help me as I teach. You would help these men as they teach one another that we might leave here um, more like the Lord Jesus and be men of prayer for your glory, for the good of all of those that we shepherd, our church here, and the community and world you've called us to reach. We ask it in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 11. Probably if there was any one thing that I struggled with, was where do I take us sort of to set the foundation? We're going to look briefly, I have the verses, because it would be too hard to follow in the handout, at Paul, his epistles, and how often he uses the idea of, or the specific of, continually prayer, always prayer, 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 prayer. We're going to look at a few of those, but it isn't just Paul, it's Jesus. If we had time this morning, if it were two sessions, the first thing I would do is we would just look in detail at Jesus' prayer life. You could go to Mark one thirty-five, and as he just begins his life, he's going up to a mountain to pray. You, you know he goes to the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights and that fasting is always connected in in the scriptures with prayer. And he's praying because he's going to do battle with Satan himself. All the way through right to the garden of Gethsemane, we see that Christ's life is a life of prayer. And he's talking to his heavenly Father literally on the cross. There's never a time when our Lord Jesus Christ is not a man of prayer. And one of the greatest uh, studies that has fueled whatever prayer life I have in my uh, personal time, and then as that carries out in my family and in the ministry the Lord has given me, is to study through the life of Jesus, looking at his prayer life, and then moving to supplement that to the life of Paul, and his prayer life. Um, that, that could be a year's study uh, in the scriptures for your personal devotions that would bring you conviction and fuel uh, every single day. But I'm taking you to Mark 11 uh, for this particular reason. is because we're going to look at the passages primarily 22, Mark 11, 22 through 25 uh, because this is in the middle of the Passion Week. This is Wednesday. Jesus just got through cleansing the temple. And uh, a verse that you often hear somebody take and bounce on and then use when they're talking about prayer, which would include this guy, would be found in um, verse 17. Look at verse 17. Jesus has cleansed the temple, and he comes out of the temple, and he says, And he began to teach and to say to them, is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? Of course, he's quoting that from the Old Testament, and he's establishing right here uh, the great necessity of prayer. But he, he's he's doing this in the in the middle, right here. The Passion Week is gonna. The next day is going to be Wednesday, and the in this and the what we're looking at is going to be. Uh, at that point, after that's going to follow the, the Lord's Supper as he gathers with his disciples and then they're going to make their way down to the Garden of Gethsemane and you're well familiar with that prayer and the um, defection of Judas and the soldiers are going to come and the mock trial. and. Uh, the crucifixion. And so, boom, 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 boom. So here we are, right at the end of Jesus' life. And you see here, even as he's leaving the temple, he is teaching on the importance of prayer. Prayer is of great importance, and he's trying to sink this deep with his disciples. If you look at verse 20, he says, And then they passed by in the morning and saw the fig tree, which had withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you have cursed is withered. Walked walks by the fig tree. If we went back and had time, you know that Jesus walked by the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. Fig tree being um, a, a sign, if you will, or a, an illustration of Israel. Israel hasn't obeyed God. Israel had the scriptures, the prophets the gospel, the power of God, and, and and they just wouldn't receive it and in their belief didn't carry out the message to the Gentiles, so it's going to be given to somebody else to do. Jesus walks by that tree being hungry. There's no fruit on it. There was no fruit from Israel. And he looks at the tree. He curses the tree. That is earlier, and now Peter's walking back by that tree and he notices, wow the 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 tree that Jesus cursed is dead. And MacArthur pointed this out in his commentaries, uh, perhaps many others, but I think it's the only um, destructive miracle in the Bible. And uh, we think of miracles as being constructive, creating something out of nothing. Here Jesus curses the tree, and almost immediately, um, well, immediately, When he curses something, the power of heaven comes down, and the tree's dead. Now, of course, you can't see that yet, but here a couple days go by, the tree is dead because all of the leaves on it are dead, and Peter notices it and goes, wow, Lord, this tree is dead. So that's sort of the context of where we are. And the very first thing Jesus says, which would seem a little bit strange, is he says, look there in verse 22, Have faith in God. Wow. Don't be like Israel who rejected the Messiah. Have faith in God. And having faith in God, what what does that look like? And Jesus says, look, if you have faith in God, basically he's saying in the next verse, you can ask whatever you want and and it's going to be done to you. You you can move a mountain. He's saying the power of God is yours if you'll, believe in God if you'll have faith in God and so then he says to the disciples what we read in verses 24 and 25 which are powerful verses he's trying to sink this deep and we want it sunk deep into our hearts today listen three and a half years of the Lord Jesus Christ and if they wanted anything they asked him personally he's right there If they were hungry, they asked him, and he fed them. If they needed money to pay a bill, he said, go pull it out of the fish's mouth. Whatever they needed, they asked Jesus, and that's what they were used to doing. They're used to asking Jesus, and of course he's right there. But we know that Jesus is in heaven, and we have his spirit, and in the same way, the same resources that the disciples had in Jesus we have through the vehicle of prayer and the Spirit. There is no difference. And he's trying to set the disciples up, help them because in just a few days he's not going to be here and they're going to have to get serious about prayer. And we know they didn't get it because if we go to Mark 14 we go to the Garden of Gethsemane after these verses I'm going to read in a minute after he tells them these these verses and he asked them, in his hour of agony, Will you not watch and pray with me? How long? Wow. Well, how many times does he ask that? Three. Uh, does he ever come back and find anybody praying? I, and I don't know about you, but it's very convicting to me because I wonder how many times Jesus is looking at me saying, Do you
1: ever pray about anything? Do you ever is life serious? Is our country enough mess for you to pray, Larry? Like?
0: Are you going to pray or spend all of your time tweeting on Twitter and tweeting on Facebook and tweeting on Instagram or whatever all the stuff is? Why don't you drop to your knees and beg God to save your president or beg God to save the 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 uh, people that are running for office? Why don't you drop to your knees and in prayer with the knees that are here in our congregation or in our city why don't you drop to knee, your knees and, and pray for our governor so many times I find myself sleeping I find myself sleeping I haven't learned so often what these disciples haven't learned look what Jesus says to them he, they would have heard this over and over again a pastor teaches you over and over and over again because you don't get it the first time. And even if you get it the first time you forget it real quick. Can I hear an amen? So you gotta hear it over and over and over again. The importance of exposition, over and over and over again. You're to hear it over and over and over again. Jesus taught on prayer continuously. Almost open today in Matthew six. All the all the way through the Sermon on the Mount is prayer. How to pray, why to pray when to pray. But I came here because this is a little piece of the Sermon on the Mount. They've heard him teach on prayer. They've heard these, these truths over and over again. And so one last time, in the middle of the Passion Week, he wants to tell them, you need to learn how to pray because I'm not going to be here. Yet all of the resources of heaven, the same kind of power that I can speak and it fills a tree is the same kind of power that's available to you because if you will ask I can speak and it's yours even though I'm not here through prayer that's the point of this text look what he says in verse 24 therefore I say to you all things for which you pray and ask believe that you have received them and they will be granted you Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you of your transgressions. It's part of the Lord's Prayer. Exactly what he says in Matthew 6 and in Matthew 7. Exactly what he says over and over again. He's reminding them. Listen. I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask and believe that you have received them, they will be granted to you. That's a powerful promise, isn't it? That the Lord has given to them. He's their disciples. It's a powerful promise for us today. If you look at your hand about Bunyan said, you can do more than pray after you've prayed. But you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Toy said, pray prayer that is born out of the meditation upon the word of God. I put that in there because you can't dismiss the word. Many people spend hours in praying and it's meaningless jabber. There's many people that, that pray things that sound just wonderful, but if you're praying contrary to this book, it's meaningless and it may even be, be blasphemous. So you can't disconnect knowing the author knowing the one who's going to answer the prayer and the instruction he gives us on how to pray so that two are together Tory understood that he says meditation upon the word of God that soars upward most easily to God's listening ear we're going to listen to two short clips it'll be about five minutes from MacArthur on prayer one's a, a quick Q&A and then uh, the other one is something that I'm burdened for in my own life, and for the life of our church, and it's it's the how easy it is for us to pray about the temporal rather than the spiritual, and and, and I think there'll be helpful for us. But in there, he has the line I had to pull it down. I don't think I've ever heard it before. I loved it. It's right there. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Isn't that awesome? Read that again. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Curse the tree, dead. I have a need, boom, it's met. Of course, there's all the other part in the will of God. I'm not asking amiss. I'm asking in faith, believing. But uh, the tremendous power and potential that there is in prayer. So let's watch the video then we'll see what we can do about it. <laughs> Danny from Los Angeles. He says, "What is our role in prayer? And does it really have
2: any effect on what God allows to happen?" And then he cites Moses' prayer in Exodus 32, and he says, "Did that really change the mind of God?" Well, the answer to the question is, go to the Bible. What does the Bible say about our prayers? And the Bible says this, taking the words of James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man produces much now you can't argue with that right or you can take the words of Jesus that whatever you ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son there are literally hundreds of commands in the Bible to pray how about this one pray without ceasing The assumption is that prayer, I guess you could say, is the slender nerve that moves the muscles of omnipotence. Prayer, God has designed as a means by which he accomplishes his ends. Now, if your theology tells you that there's no place for prayer and that prayer plays no role, then you've got a bad theology. That would be like saying God is sovereign in salvation... So my faith doesn't matter. Hmm. Yes, God is sovereign in salvation, but the means by which he activates that sovereign work of salvation is through faith. And so it is that in his operations, fulfilling his purpose, the means he uses is our prayers. And then, of course, prayer has a lot of other benefits, drawing us near to the Lord. putting others on our hearts, developing sympathy and compassion and so forth. That's amazing that God works through our prayers and His providence at the same time. Sure, He chooses the ends and ordains the ends, but He also encompasses us in the means to those ends. Please keep sending your...
1: Get past the physical! You know, we pray for Aunt Martha's rheumatism and somebody's heart problems and somebody's broken leg and somebody's surgery, and I don't mind all of that, but frankly, folks, on my prayer list, those things come at the bottom. What I'm concerned about is the spiritual battle, is the warfare, and are, are the believers winning the battle? The physical, in a sense, though it is material, is immaterial. What? And it gets my heart anxious Is somebody who's not seeing victory in their life. Somebody who's not seeing God do His mighty work. Somebody who doesn't know what it is to see the release of the power of the Spirit of God. That's what, that's what concerns my heart. I am praying for the advance of the Kingdom of God in the lives of His people. I am praying for souls to be one to Jesus Christ. It's very hard for me to put at the top of my list the physical. Although I realize that that's a need and it has a tremendous effect upon our spiritual lives. That comes secondary. What Paul is saying is this. Look, here is the war and it is about the war that you must pray. It's not easy for you to fight the battle and so I pray for you. Well, I pray now and then for people's physical things but more than that, I pray that God will give you victory. I pray that you'll win the battle against the enemy. I don't really care what happens to my physical body or yours as long as we gain the victory for the glory of God. Amen? That's the battle. That's the issue. So we... We concentrate on the thing that is most needful. And so Paul here, when he gives a prayer request, he doesn't say, oh, pray for me, I'm in jail. Oh, pray for me, I have this chain on that's just rubbing me raw. Pray for my right leg. No. What he says is, pray for me that boldness may be given unto me, that I may have utterance to speak the mystery of the gospel. In other words, pray for me that when Satan tempts me to shut my mouth, I'll win out over temptation and I'll speak the gospel. Bring it all in the battle.
0: Let's pick right up um, on that. look in Colossians chapter 4. You would have heard him as he's talking in prayer about the whole idea of spiritual warfare. If you don't use, I highly recommend it um, because Jesus recommended it. We've talked much over the last three years on discipleship. Jesus is the master disciple. And in his disciple, in his disciples watching him in life, of all the things they witnessed, the one thing that we know that they that he asked very specifically was, Lord, teach us to what? Pray. And so he he gave to them a model. And if if you don't if you don't have your arms around the model, if if you don't use the model, <clears throat> when you're praying, if you're not thinking of the model, you're missing something. Your your prayer life isn't what it could be and it isn't what it should be. And and we're very familiar with it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so we, we see that, and then right out of the shoot, thy, what? Kingdom. Thy kingdom come. That's what MacArthur's talking about. And anything more important to God than thy kingdom come, what's next? Thy will be done. Will be done. And, and this, is what, this is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. If you want to give a, of an order, there it is. Acknowledge the fact that he's your heavenly father. And if we go to the scriptures, we find out that he's a loving Heavenly Father. He's a gracious Heavenly Father, and he loves to give good gifts to his children. We can rejoice. My Father, it's a real relationship I have with him, and that's why I'm praying, My Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. His name is holy. I'm not holy. He's set apart, but because of the blood of Christ, I have been given access to the very throne of grace that I can come boldly. I can come boldly and say, Our Father... Because it's been provided to me through Christ and his atoning sacrifice. What an amazing gift. And then the very first thing that is on our hearts. And if it's not, we ask God to put it there. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. God, one day in heaven, I will do your will perfectly as it's being done right now in heaven. God, today, work in my heart that I might do your will today on earth as it's being done in heaven. God, work in the men I labor with like clay and and help clay to do all of God's will today. All of us are men and we have this desire to do our own will. God, make your will consistent with my will. Give me your heart. Help me to love what you love and hate what you hate. God, do that work in me that today when I finish the day and I pillow my head there'll be a sense of grace and, and gratitude that I fulfilled all of your will today that, that, that's the prescription, that's, that's the model all, all the rest comes later in that, in that model of prayer and one of the things that he's concerned with is, is spiritual warfare we could go to Ephesians, but I, I take you right there to what he just, Brother John just said, and that would be Colossians 4. He was recording there. I, I'm reading from um, Nasby chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be committed to prayer. Be fully in to prayer. That's what he said. Devote yourself to prayer. And then he says, what? He says, keeping alert... And with an attitude of thanksgiving. The fact that you'd even pray is a great prayer is, is a great gift. Stay alert. Stay alert. Why? Because there is an adversary. We go to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we see the adversary. is the devil. Stay alert. Stay alert. Be devoted in prayer. Be persistent in prayer. Continually in prayer. Be alert. Be thankful. Another place in Thessalonians, be thankful in all things for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. You. That's what I'm doing. That comes after, Paul says, pray without ceasing. So I'm going through that. Look what he's saying here. He's saying, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up a door for the word, so that we may speak forth the mysteries of Christ, for which I've also been imprisoned, so that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. So he was talking about Paul wasn't writing this letter saying, get, "Get me out of jail. Pray that God will get me out of jail. Pray that he'll release the bonds. He'll, he'll give me a more comfortable life. He's, he's, he's praying, God give me boldness, no matter what the consequences are, to speak the gospel. God open the door. The key to evangelism isn't that we tell more people. The key to evangelism is that we pray that God would make us alert and that God would open doors. And as we are alert and as we see him open the door because we've prayed that way, that he then through the power of the Spirit in answer to our prayer gives us boldness to share the gospel. And that's really what this this passage here is about. So this is directly tied to uh, discipleship. So I put the verses there in the handout. I don't want to go through the verses. You see them all. You can review them. There's many others I could put, but I want to move down to the bottom of the page. How do we keep, or how do you keep, your prayer life vibrant? M- maybe say this, what's your plan? Uh, listen, don't we know this? Can we, can we agree to this? Uh, you, you never drift into anything good right? I mean you don't drift into something good if you don't have some kind of a plan for your prayer life don't think you're going to drift into it you're not going to drift into a powerful prayer life with the Lord you're going to have to pursue it and yet the spirit in the scriptures gives us that ability to not only pursue it but to have it everyone in here can have it it's yours if you're saved but you have to pursue it so so what's your plan I, I want us to encourage each other on some practical how to's. You've done some things. You all struggle with this at one time or another. You've had victory at one time or another. Let's be transparent. With transparency, there's accountability, isn't there? That's why we don't like to be transparent. Because with transparency, there's accountability. What a wonderful time. What a wonderful, what a safe group to be transparent about what we struggle with, what has worked in the past, what I need to get back to. Uh, so how? How do you attempt to obey? The spirit of Paul's repeated commands to, to be a man of prayer, persistent in prayer. How, how, what has helped you to be devoted in prayer? Um, what does being devoted in prayer for you look like in the very various venues of your life. I I, I would call them circles. You have the the circle of your immediate family. You have the circle of your immediate influences. You have the circle here at church. You have the circle of urgent prayer requests. You have the circle of long-standing prayer requests. And all of these various areas, your work, the community, how is it that you're a man of prayer? And how do you stoke the fire and keep yourself so that to some degree, you're growing in grace in this area. So help us out. Obviously, on the next page, I've put just a whole bunch of really practical ideas. We could certainly talk about those, but I'd rather hear from you. So it always takes somebody to prime the pump. Who will prime the pump and just say, so here's some things that I do that helps me with my prayer life? Who will go first? Brother Brother Don. other values you can think of the praying on your knees we certainly would all agree if Paul said to pray without ceasing uh, he didn't mean that we we're supposed to go through the day on our knees but what are what are some of the values maybe of what Don just said knee praying keeps you awake, keeps you awake? okay I have has anybody else besides me falling asleep on your knees I, I have fallen asleep on my knees I must admit yes sir Okay, humility, submission. Yes, just exactly what, what Don said, a, a reminder. Um, so my biggest problem is me. And I deceive myself so easily into thinking that I'm really dependent on God. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, I want to be king in my heart. Uh, the fact of the matter is, it's a, it's a moment-by-moment struggle all day um, I, I am an amazing, as uh, Tripp would say, idol-producing heart factory. I mean, as as fast as I can repent, I can make three new ones, okay? It's just, it's, it's continuous. Um, and there's something about bowing before the Lord, reverence before the Lord. So you can do that a lot of different ways. Proster, pros, prostate. Yeah, prostate before the Lord. Um, there's so many different ways, but I, I think just going to... Going to your knees is, is certainly one way, and that doesn't mean that's your own prayer life, but it's just something about, at least for me, beginning your, your day with that kind of uh, attitude and however you do it that's very important. That really is the beginning. Our Father who Heart in Heaven hallowed being the name. Uh, we need to recognize um, it should be offensive to you in the right way when somebody says the man upstairs. Um, this is God it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God this is God he he speaks a word and it's done this is God and I deserve hell but he's granted me by his grace heaven wow yes sir Amen. And remember prayers he and that just motivates me to just continue praying more because what he has done. Amen. It's easier to continue um, having a prayer life when we have trouble, isn't it? Because when we have trouble, we're weak. I mean, isn't, isn't that really the point of what Paul is saying in Second Corinthians? Uh, he's saying, "Man, I got this problem." It's, it's really a huge problem. As a matter of fact, this one bugged me so bad I asked God to take it away three times. Look, well, God always answers prayer. You understand that? He, he made it clear in his word. He answers prayer. but that doesn't mean he always answers prayer, yes. Sometimes he answers prayer, "Yes, Hallelujah. Sometimes he, he, he answers prayer, He answers prayer by wait, and it comes two years later. Sometimes he answers prayer with no." Sometimes he answers prayer differently. It's answered, but it's not the way you thought it would be answered. But God answers prayer, um, always. And, uh, and so we should be um, a praying people, uh, for sure. But we need to be people that pray continuously so we have that relationship when a serious matter does come. And God allows those serious matters to continually come. We live in a fallen world. You won't have to go very long. And so you'll, your conscience your conscience will be so much clearer if, if you have an active prayer life when the crisis has come to know that you're not talking to a stranger, but you're talking to somebody that you talk, you talk to every day. And um, it, it'll be easier then for you to plead uh, before the Lord in the matter of prayer. How else? What else? How, how do you help? How do you re-energize your prayer life? Come on, what, what happens? Yes, sir.
3: Uh you know, about what I'm praying about. And I do not do this perfectly, but um, sometimes I will keep a prayer journal and write my prayer. And I've found that, number one, it makes me more thoughtful about what I'm praying. And number two, I can look back, I have looked back on God's faithfulness. And, uh, you know, I look back at the prayer, and and sometimes I, I think, you know, that prayer doesn't work, or it's not effectual, and then I read the prayer, and I go, wow, Lord, great is your faithfulness, Amen. Uh, how weak I am to trust yeah. uh, that this is actually doing something, and Yeah. it's just been a little bit
0: helpful. Obviously, written prayers are very effective. The men and women of faith down through the years have written them, and so many of them have been recorded. If you don't have a copy of the Valley of Vision, I would encourage you to get one and maybe read one of those once a, once a week. So, so many um, prayers have been captured in the past for our, our edification. Journaling is a wonderful exercise. I, I journal, and I often write prayers in my journal, and I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but um, I'm well aware I don't have long left on this earth. Uh, I'm soon going to be 72, and um, it seems like yesterday I was 15. I don't know whether God will even let me get to 72, let alone what He's allowed some others. But I do know this: much of my prayer life has been captured, and it can be handed down to my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren, and they can read not not that my prayers are great, but that the persistence is there, the commitment is there, the the belief that that you can access the resources of heaven. And so some kind of a journal, a recording when God has answered prayer, um, uh, those, those things fuel me and encourage me, but they're also a legacy you can leave for somebody else. Brother Mark? Amen. So the reason for I don't try to, I don't have a really good system, but one thing I know is that everything I can't control, whether it be a job or some relationship, I don't care what it is, the way we children, um, it just requires prayer. That's an act of faith. And God will even change those circumstances where people are usually changing. Amen. So take what Mark said, and take what um, Don said, and I'm sorry, brother, Bobby, Bobby what Bobby said. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just going to say, I get plastic if I put my prayer journal in front of me with my list. It's plastic. I got these seven things. Pray for this, pray for this, pray for this. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and if that works for you, praise the Lord done work for me. Never has worked for me. But here's what I do: I, I, I take the lists, and before I pray, I read them. I, I look through what what I plan to pray, and I look through, and then I close the list, and then I pray. Um, so I'm praying from my heart. And if you do have um, these circles that I'm talking about, and, and 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 this isn't from some crazy book that I've written about circle prayer, so th- throw throw that. I'm I'm just talking about you 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 pray. First for your family, right? And then you, I, I pray for the men and then the men's families. I, I, I could say that it is a real regular thing that I pray for Mary and the baby that Mary is carrying and for Colin and for Eleanor as I pray for Clay. And, and the list goes on and on because it's, it's riveted in my mind because I've done it over and over again so I don't have to look at the list but I do look at the list to remind myself, okay, so these are, these are the people that I'm closest to and I'm, I have a shepherding responsibility for, so I certainly want to pray for them. So I look at the list, and then, then I pray. And, of course, I walk with these people, so then I, I know what it is that needs to be prayed for. I don't have to look at a list and tell you, what do I have the list tell me what to pray for Judy? I live with Judy, but it's on my, my heart. I look at the list that way, and so that keeps it, Um, I'll often take and listen to um, music, and this will probably drive some of you crazy, but listen to a song, and the the song will start. And I'll listen to a phrase or a chorus of the song, and then I'll stop. And I'll, I'll pray the truth of that song then for a while to the Lord. And then I restart it again. And then I pray that truth to the Lord. One of the beautiful things about music is it brings scripture to our mind, but it will bring prayer to our mind, a way to pray. So that's another thing that'll, that will help. Don, I can't do much knee praying either. So what are some of the other ways that you pray as you go through your day? Yes, sir. Okay. okay. All right. Well, brother, you you probably just put half of us here under deep conviction. <laughs> all right, so it's worth it. That's all I can say. Like, you know when you get a payroll check and somebody takes the taxes out and you don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. pray that five minutes, your So that would be um, an example of seeking first the kingdom of God. I, you know, I I determine that first thing I, I'm going to pray and that would be an example of how a husband would shepherd his wife. You can teach your wife a great deal about prayer by just having her listening to you pray. And you can learn a great deal about your wife and what her needs are by listening to her pray. And, and that ends up being ironing, sharpening iron. And so having this that opportunity, like you say, don't, this doesn't have to be a three-hour deal, okay? Don't get intimidated by that. If you did that five minutes every day, I don't know what five times 365 is, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of prayer time. Start start somewhere where you're praying with your wife. I pray, as every shepherd does, to God for his glory and then for the good of those I'm praying for. But I'm very conscious that when I'm praying, I'm also teaching. When Jesus was praying, he was teaching. And when, and when you pray with your wife, you're teaching. You're teaching like what MacArthur said. You're teaching is the most important thing Aunt Tilly or aunt susie or is the most important thing that we conquer this area of fear or that we have victory over this area of lust or that we 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 fight the good fight of faith in this area of discontentment do we pray about those things and does my wife hear me pray about the needs in my own heart so there's accountability there but then at the same time i'm teaching her how to pray about the needs in her life does that make sense and then I listen to her pray, and I listen to how she prays. And listen, I'm no big guru. I just happen to have a book, okay? So the book explains to me, so I can listen to her pray. And if I, if I hear a weakness in her prayers, I don't stop her right there and say, no, no listen, honey, listen, listen to the Pope here, okay? That, that was a really weak prayer. That was unbiblical. I, I don't ever do that. But you, but you take that in mind, and you recognize there's some shepherding there that, need, that needs to be done. And so that, that happens over the course of time when it's repeated over and over and over again where you're spending that time together with prayer. You repeat the same thing if you have children in the home. Uh, when, when you're doing that with your children, it's, 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 people say, I don't know how to have family devotions. That's okay. Then don't have family devotions. Oh, man, I can't believe Pastor Brody just said that. Yeah, rather than that, have family prayer. And you, and you lead them in prayer. And then have every child and mama go ahead and pray Pray. And as you hear them pray, remember that they didn't know this was a teaching session, but you taught them when you prayed. And then you learned all about them as you listened to each one of them pray. And then you're able to take some time later because you're taking notes mentally and you're able to sit down with that child and you know something about what's going on in that child's heart because out of the mouth speaks the issues of the heart, even in prayer. And so we learn a great deal. And there you go. Spend 15 minutes doing that. You've got family devotions everybody can do that yes sir 30 hours wow and look there's different seasons there's different seasons where you can spend more time my, my kids are grown up and my grandkids are growing up so I confess to you that I'm able to spend more time praying with my wife today than I was when I had little kids um, running around the house. It's tough to pray when somebody's beating on the door. You know, somebody, it's even hard to pray when they're quiet, because when they're young and they're quiet, you know there's trouble. Uh, Right? And so I get that there's different seasons, but the principles stay the same. Are we persistent in prayer? Somebody else. Yes, brother. amen so it's how do we respond to what god gives us in life. So much of that response should be immediate prayer should be immediately talking about. yes yes that's powerful brother i would add not only is there a lot to pray about when you watch the news you probably would be better off if you just shut the news off okay that was an unsolicited comment that I'm giving to you but anyhow um, but uh, for sure there is a, a great uh, deal uh, to pray uh, about and um, it's, it's taking that first step it's getting started for some of you here I don't know who you need to start this journey and uh, there's plenty of men sitting in this room you've listened to them who have some gray in their hair or maybe no hair at all uh, and there's younger men as well who um, are really down the road I'm praying um, connect with somebody. Be transparent with somebody. Humble yourself. Cry out and ask for help. Uh, ask for some accountability and uh, m- move forward on this. Yes, brother. Prayer is essential. And, you know, one of the things that will help you, and and pride keeps us from this, think about a body. Think about Sunday morning, this Sunday morning. Likely, in some context of our greeting as a body, somebody will say to you, would you please pray for me about something? Uh, Amen? You'll you'll probably hear that. Okay? And, And I think for the most part, you say... You will, and probably for the most part you do. Um, But it would be so much more effective when Harold asked me to pray for Gail because she's got a touch of vertigo, for me to stop right there, right there, right then, right in the middle of the auditorium or the ministry center or the coffee pot at work and pray with them. Put your hand on his shoulder pray with them. Say, let, let me pray for you right now. And, and, and pray for Harold. Pray for what he asks. Um, when you're talking with somebody on the phone, and um, pray with them. When you've been invited into their home, or you're at, at, at some place, you say, well, can I just pray with you before I leave? Make it a habit of saying to people, can I pray with you and pray? I'm not talking about a seven, eight, nine, ten minute prayer. I've been in them awkward moments. You know, a couple of people said, hey, would, you know, would, would you pray for us? And so two and three of us gathered around, and then we had a prayer contest, you know, to see who could pray the longest. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm being facetious, you understand. But I'm But I'm talking about we are to be men of prayer. We're to pray without ceasing, and we should verbalize that. We have so many opportunities to to pray for one another. And um, I, you, you greet a visitor at church, and you've talked with them for a few minutes, and it's, it's, it's the end of the service, and they're getting ready to leave. It would be revolutionary if the men of this church, if somebody's getting ready to leave, say, well, look, let me just pray for your family for a moment. I'll thank you for visiting. Lord, God bless these brothers and sisters in Christ who've just met. Thank you for bringing them our way. Lord, take the word that they've just heard and embed it deep in their heart, and help them to live it out today, and give them a great day in the Lord. And uh, Father, just uh, thank you. If, if this is be the place where you would have them, then Lord, we would love to be a blessing to them. So help us to know how to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. There it is. I mean, that took 30 seconds. What if that was happening continuously all around our church? Do you think that would change things and people? Do you believe prayer is essential? That has to become a way of life. That has to become a habit. We have to take the first step. So, anything else? I'm going to let you out. Any others? Yes, sir. Bobby.
3: Yeah. that was such a testimony to us yeah. because he was acting out what people need. let the counsel of the Lord first. Amen. And then i give you my counsel. Yeah. And uh, wow, what a powerful witness yeah. that was. That never left us. And um, I don't I do not do that often enough. Mm. i like to give my
0: counsel first. Amen. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father who pours it out liberally. Yeah. Father, thank you for um, your word, your work, your graciousness. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that um, can work in us to will and to do your good pleasure. Father, I know you want us to be men of prayer. We are a needy people, desperately needy. Every single one of us can take a step in one direction, and because we've had this time, we're accountable. So, Father, I I pray you would help each one of us to help one another, pray for one another, and uh, to be um, men of prayer here in our church, uh, men of prayer in our families, um, men of prayer as we're out into the work world for the glory of Christ. We pray and ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.